Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, July 18th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Information released to settle an open records lawsuit by St. Louis Public Radio and APM reports shows the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department has closed about 40% of homicide cases that occurred in the last six and a half years. My constituents sometimes will call me because they're challenged with calling or scared even to call the police. We'll have more on those findings in just a few minutes. Low-income families will miss out on millions of federal food benefits next summer following the Missouri Education Department's decision not to participate in a federal lunch program. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Missouri will not participate in this summer's federal food assistance program, in part because officials cannot collect the necessary data. The Missouri Independent reports that parents will lose $120 in free or reduced lunch benefits per eligible child. And the state will give up over $40 million in federal aid from the Pandemic Electronic Benefits Transfer Program. Mallory McGowan is a spokesperson for the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. She says the department has struggled to process benefits because of data collection challenges between agencies. McGowan says the Education Department plans to focus on system changes to participate in future summer EBT programs. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The Rolla City Council is considering an ordinance that would restrict the content of performances in public places. The move is in response to a drag show at Rolla's Pride celebration that critics claim was sexually explicit and targeted minors. Shasta Johnson is president of LGBTQ plus Rolla. She says her group agrees obscenity and pornography are not appropriate for minors. What took place during our drag show was neither of these things. Let us be frank, the conversation here today is a thinly veiled attempt at restricting drag and classifying this inspiring art form as vile and pornographic. The city council is asking for options to apply state standards of obscenity specifically to public performances. The initial screening for a disease or virus could come from a breath test if a new device under development at Missouri University of Science and Technology becomes popular. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the device that recently received a U.S. patent. Missouri S&T electrical engineering professor Jia Huang and his team have developed a super-sensitive sensor that can instantly measure certain organic compounds in someone's breath. He says it could make it a lot easier to know when someone is sick. The most important thing is really the early detection. If you really feel some, some symptom or something wrong, breathe into it, and uh, hopefully we got enough data that can capture that feature and can suggest you something, maybe diabetes. Then go to see a doctor. Huang says the preliminary research shows that it works, and the next step is to find funding to conduct large-scale clinical trials and find ways to make the device as low-cost as possible. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois is running out of time to update statewide emission standards before it starts violating federal guidelines. Alex Degman reports. 
Right now, Illinois allows facilities with emission permits to go beyond their pollution limits during startup and shutdown events or if there's a malfunction. The so-called SSM exemption is in place to mitigate potential punishment following severe weather or other unforeseen disasters. But the Federal Clean Air Act does not allow such exemptions. A panel of lawmakers that controls rulemaking in the state convenes this morning to talk about it ahead of an August 12th deadline. That's when the EPA requires an implementation plan. If the deadline isn't met, any new or modified emission permits would be more strict, and the state could eventually lose out on federal highway funding. I'm Alex Degman. A police officer from Northwoods is facing multiple felonies for allegedly beating up a suspect on the 4th of July. Police in North Carolina have arrested 26-year-old Samuel Davis. He is charged with assault, kidnapping, and armed criminal action. St. Louis County police say Davis made an arrest at the Northwoods Walgreens on Natural Bridge, but instead of taking the victim to the police station, Davis allegedly turned off his body camera and drove the victim to a location in Kinlock, about four miles away. Davis then allegedly pepper-sprayed and beat the victim, who suffered a broken jaw and other injuries. The city's police chief says in a statement he will rely on the county police and prosecutors to handle the case. Nearly 60 percent of homicides in St. Louis since 2017 have gone unsolved. That's just one finding from data released by the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department to settle a lawsuit filed by St. Louis Public Radio and APM Reports. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Moline spoke to reporter Rachel Littman about the lawsuit and what the information shows about the ability of the department to close homicide cases. Rachel, remind us why you were interested in this data and what it took to get access. My reporting partners at APM and I wanted to look for patterns and trends in which homicide cases the SLMPD can close. We'd gotten a look at some earlier data and saw that the SLMPD closed fewer than half of the murders in the city in a given year. And we wanted to take a deeper look into those numbers. Um, Submitted some records requests for data on each homicide that included the victim's name, age, and race. And we also wanted to know the date and location of the homicide, whether a weapon was used. The most important thing we were looking for was clearance status, and that is whether a case is considered solved and when the police considered the case closed. Uh, Generally, a case is considered closed or cleared when an arrest is made, although there are other ways a case can be considered cleared, and that includes if a suspect has died or cannot be arrested because they're incarcerated elsewhere. This is information the Washington Post got back in 2017 and 2018, so we just wanted to update the data set. We filed an open records request in February 2021. The SLMPD told us that, yes, it does keep records on clearance status, but they refused to make it public, claiming it was an investigative record. An attorney with the Washington University First Amendment Clinic sent the department a letter asking them to reconsider. It was again denied. Now, it's important to note that nothing in the state's open records law has changed. It was just the department's interpretation of that law. So with the help of Washington University's First Amendment Clinic, we sued. After more than a year and a half, the city settled with us and agreed to give us the data. And now that you have this data, what does it show? The data that we have is between 2017 and July 5th, 2023. And it shows that in that time period, about 1,300 people were killed in the city of St. Louis. The vast majority of them were black men. 
But over those six and a half years, just 41 percent of those cases has been closed. According to experts like Thomas Hargrove of the Murder Accountability Project, the SLMPD's clearance rate is below the national average. St. Louis historically has been a little lower than average for major cities in clearing homicides. The bad news is the rest of the country has been catching up to that pattern. And there are also racial disparities in those numbers as well. About 90 percent of homicide victims in those six and a half years were black, but police cleared those cases less than 40 percent of the time. Meanwhile, the clearance rate for white victims over the same period was 56 percent. The rate has improved overall in the last few years. So, for example, in 2019, police cleared just 30 percent of that year's homicides. By 2022, that number was up to 54 percent. So, Rachel, what drives these numbers? That's what we are trying to understand through our reporting. But Hargrove at the Murder Accountability Project says underfunded homicide units and a lack of trust in police are two of the main factors. What's been the reaction to this data? The SLMPD has not responded to our findings. I asked a number of aldermen for their reaction to those top-line findings, and none of them were really surprised by the data. They agree with Hargrove that trust is a key reason for the lack of clearance. Here's Alderwoman Shamim Clark-Hubbard. She represents the 10th Ward, and she's also a member of the board's Public Safety Committee. My constituents sometimes will call me because they're challenged with calling or scared even to call the police. But when it comes down to then that, that extra report, that extra step, they don't have it because they always say they don't feel safe and they fear retaliation. And what's next, Rachel? We'll be getting some additional data going back to 2010 at a later date, but it's going to take some legwork to get it in a format to do some analysis. But once that work is done, we'll have a 13-year period of data to look at, and that includes the points like race and when these cases were cleared. That covers three mayoral administrations and five different police chiefs. Plus, it also covers several major moments of social upheaval in St. Louis and the nation, including the death of Michael Brown, the not guilty verdict in the trial of Jason Stockley, and the murder of George Floyd. Rachel, thanks to you and the team at APM Reports for your outstanding work here. Thank you, Brian. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman and Brian Moline discussing homicide clearance rates in St. Louis. We have more details at stlpr.org. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.